Oh, you made it! You're finally here! Welcome to Half Cocked Tales, a place where we have a great time celebrating science, the social contract, and just plain old congeniality. Dare I say, a place where we seek a path to peace, prosperity, and exploration amongst the stars. I'm your host and friend, Dan, the worshipping Dionysus man, sipping on some science today. With me is the inimitable Ron, bringing us pictures of a 1980s hottie. You won't believe how they look today. Ron, how are you doing? You will not. I am doing quite well. How are you doing, sir? I can't wait to get a look at that hottie that's turned into a naughty, but we'll save that for later. We've got a really fun and informative show for you today, brought to you by the Acme Corporation. If you have a scheme and need an elaborate trap, then you need Acme. Uh, We're going to be talking about geothermal energy, uh, a new unified geological theory, uh, a, a proposed solution to the Hubble tension problem. There's a new study out on corporate fraud, uh, an innovative recycling program. Of course, we'll do some fact check-in. We're going to take a quick look back at the ratification of the 21st Amendment on December 5th, 1933. You know, uh, the 21st Amendment, Ron, repealed the 8th. Just a little, little preview. I see. Mm. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers to that. And of course, we encourage you to reach out to us at halfcocktails at gmail.com. That's halfcocked, T-A-L-E-S, at gmail.com. Or maybe uh, you want to send us a text message or voicemail at 443-499-8253. But be careful. Uh, we, we may talk about your message right here in this segment as time goes by. Run, run! Any any Ooh. engagement on the on the website yet? Anybody getting on the the forum there? Oh, uh, so far, um, a couple of uh, bots trying to sell us product. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Let's buy that product because those bots are hard working. You know, I I almost did. They they almost had me. <laughs> Whenever I see cock in the the subject line, I'm all ears. All right, all right. Let's fire up that time machine. <laughs> Nothing would be better than a look at days of yesterday. Time machine. I alluded to it earlier. The Eighteenth Amendment repealed December fifth, nineteen thirty-three. That was the amendment that banned alcohol. Always tough to ban those vices. Never works. Never, never works. That's right. I, I for one, enjoy a drink from time to time, especially while I'm hanging out recording this this show with you, Ron, here in the lounge. Let me pause and take a drink to that. Mm-hmm. So, little back Absolutely. backdrop to the 18th Amendment. It was ratified January 16th, 19. 19- Ninth, and it it had a year delay, so it went into effect January seventeenth, nineteen twenty. Banned liquor, wine, and beer. Well, the, the 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 amendment said intoxicating liquors, and then the Congress passed the Volstead Act and declared that that meant liquor, wine, and beer. So it was actually a bit of a bait and switch, from what I understand. People did not think beer and wine were going to be included. This was passed under the guise of, hey, we're banning hard liquor. You can absolutely spend a long, long time 
researching and talking about the temperance movement in the United States. But basically, there was a period where people went around and said alcohol was the cause of all of our problems. All of it. And all we need to do is get rid of alcohol and then people won't be sad. They won't be poor. They won't be immoral with their sexual sexual behaviors. They're not going to be violent anymore. <laughs> all of those things will disappear if you take away alcohol. Once they ban it, no one will ever, ever partake again. Ron, I will say that, yes, alcohol does loosen up inhibitions. Otherwise, we wouldn't drink it. If it didn't have an effect, right? Very true. Like, like Ozzy Osbourne said. <laughs> why do it? <laughs> of course drugs change how I feel. That's why I do them. Duh. <laughs> so I will say that personally, I don't like to go drink in bars and clubs. No, no, same. Because there's a violence factor there, right? Uh, I don't ever see any, any fist fights in my home when I'm just drinking with my friends. No. Or at a friend's house just drinking at a party. But I've been to plenty of bars and people have tried to start fights with me and I actively live a life trying to avoid violence. So it's, it's really weird to me to be sitting at a bar and have somebody come up and try and start a fight because I'm sitting there. It's, it's happened multiple occasions. <laughs> oh my gosh, I accidentally made eye contact with you. Oh my, no. Yeah, I spilled, I spilled <laughs> yeah. my beer on my cousin's lap once and a guy came up to start a fight with me. And I was genuinely <laughs> confused. I said, what? look. This is my cousin. We're family. I've apologized to her. She's laughing at me because I knocked over a drink on her lap. I don't know where you come into the, 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 the whole situation. Anyway. Anyway. Nanya. Um, yeah. The temperance, they got, they got a lot of momentum because there is some truth in that if you go to a place where a lot of alcohol is being consumed, you will find people down to fuck and you will find people down to fight because they've lowered their inhibition. That. Honestly, I believe it's because sober they wanted to fuck and sober they wanted to fight. They just use that alcohol as a way to, to get over that inner voice saying, well, maybe you'll get rejected. Maybe you'll lose. Whatever. Anyway, it happened. It got passed. And as Ron so insightfully pointed out, alcohol didn't go away. It didn't disappear at all. Shocking. <laughs> shocked. Shocked, I say. Uh, it just drove alcohol underground. Uh, gave crime organizations a huge huge influx of money uh bootleggers and speakeasy are very very common anyway the the basically you can almost make a map where the denser the population the easier it was to find alcohol yeah and the more dangerous the alcohol oh yeah yeah they started they started putting additives into liquor they found or into drinkable liquors that would make you blind what happens when you drive something underground? It becomes unregulated and people can do whatever the fuck they want to maximize their profits. Yeah, man. And you know what? <laughs> to my knowledge, Anheuser-Busch hasn't solved their problems with machine guns. <laughs> but bootleggers, I went to the, the mom museum here in Vegas and they actually have the wall from the St. Valentine's Day massacre. Like <laughs> they bought and all and moved it brick by brick from Chicago. <laughs> to, to Vegas, so you could see it. <laughs> it's got all the bullet bullet holes circled. Yeah, my my grandfather uh, grew up in Kentucky, and back in the the twenties and before, and uh, 
yeah, he knew a lot of uh, a lot of bootleggers, a lot of rum runners, the people that souped up their cars and whizzed down the highway, um, hitchhiked with a lot of those guys, and yeah, I can't imagine how uh, how dangerous that must have been going ninety miles an hour down a two lane black top in the middle of nowhere, no seatbelts, <laughs> right? Yeah. With very little lighting. And Grandpa's like, yeah, it was a good time, you know? Yeah. Wow, wow. Uh, and, and, you know, it's probably beneficial to the bootlegger, too, to hick, pick, up, pick up some hitchhiker and be like, yeah, we're just, uh, everybody's traveling. Just cruising. Yeah. Yeah, so so they, they had this big moral push against alcohol, and it succeeded. And it drove alcohol underground. Crime went rampant. It didn't go away. Okay, yeah, yeah. Warren G. Harding had a whole bunch of scandals, and I don't, I, I can't find it, and I can't remember off the top of my head which it was, but I believe uh, the, the, one of the scandals was that they were all drinking at his party. Oh, this was what ended up being really controversial. Like, people noticed, right? Like, on the, on the ground, people started calling for the repeal, like, right away. Uh, the Depression hits, end of the 20s, and now you've got a bunch of depressed people that can't legally drink. The whole industry is underground. All these they, people need jobs, and like, well, we could be working for Anheuser Busch, like a like my grand, like my dad did ten years ago, right? <laughs> yeah, even in uh, FDR, Franklin Roosevelt, in his nineteen thirty two platform for president, was like, yeah, we're going to repeal the Eighteenth Amendment. It's some bullshit because it's some bullshit. So it did get, and then you know they passed the Twenty First Amendment, which it's today. It's bonkers for me today to think of an amendment actually passing. Like, there's no single issue that I really believe could pass as an amendment in our current political climate. So, so that, it got, it got passed. It got passed, and we went back to normal. Like, people could get jobs. I mean, you're, you're not only talking about jobs working at the brewery. You're talking about the jobs the brewery creates in the equipment it buys, the trucks it buys, uh, the, the, the companies it uses to ship if it's not using its own trucks, metal it takes to make and glass it takes to make a bottle or a can. Uh, you know, we know from economics that it, it's it's a ripple effect. It's not just dollar for dollar. Right. It's the same thing when you have a, a sporting event canceled. It's all the people that work concessions. Those folks are out of the money. It's the, it's the tangential um, uh, economics there. That lose out as well. Yeah, well, look at look at all those people that would have made money at that sporting event. All those vendors now they don't have the money to spend wherever they were going to spend it. That's less tax revenue for the municipality, right? the uh, The dollar flies around from person to person to person to person, and the the more active a dollar is, the better it is for the economy. Which is why I argue against hoarding money. But that's a correct that's a different topic. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so it got like the people did repeal it, and a big part of it was the the bootlegging and the organized crime. People were just sick of it. They were like, it didn't used to be this way. It was recent enough, and people's memories are like, no, no, let's go back to the before time. I honestly am saddened it took so long for the prohibition on on marijuana to to get addressed. They're doing it state by state, but it needs to be happened federally because marijuana is still in the same schedule as all the other nasty drugs. Which is quite ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, meth, marijuana, they both start with an M. Same thing. Same thing. How different can they be? They start out the same. 
you know, reefer madness, man. That that's the truth. One puff down that path, you're a criminal for life. You're a criminal for life. Yeah, that movie. That movie is just bonkers, dumb, and comic gold unintentionally. And we can we can actually point to Portugal and say, here's a country that 20 years ago decriminalized all drug use and instead focused on the healthcare aspect of, hey, no stigma. Are you addicted and you need to stop being addicted? Come see a doctor. And they've done very, very, very well for themselves. Their addiction rates plummeted. Go figure. So uh, we'll have have some links to all that in the episode description. But for now, let's, uh, let's talk about some current news. It's time for some news from our point of view. We'd even be glad if we could have a lap or two. It's time for some news. It's time All for right. Some news. So, Ron, have you ever heard of the Hubble Tension? I can't say that I have. So uh, the relationship between a galaxy's speed and distance is governed by Hubble's constant, it's, which is about, ta- in you know, talking space, it's a, the Hubble's constant is about 43 miles per second. And there's a, there's a problem because the standard model, the value of Hubble's constant has been disputed because it, it, it's what we're measuring here right now. It's different. It's 10 percent larger, larger uh, than what what it should be based on all of the theoretical models that we have, and so they call that the Hubble tension. The constant's not so constant. Yes, uh, because of the the rate of expansion is different in around us than compared to other places in the galaxy. Fascinating, and they've got a new theory to explain it. And that theory is that we uh, live in a giant void of space, uh, as in a, a void being an area with below average density. So, so it's like the Hubble constant was assuming the galaxy as a whole was universal. And what this paper is saying, like, no, actually surrounding us in the Milky Way is a lower density area of space like there's a greater void there and because of that the energy that's inside of it is expanding quicker than in other areas of the galaxy that's really interesting so we're getting a lot of new data our our telescopes are getting better um as we we recently reported like they're they're the communications with the lasers like they're about to crack that so we're able to get telescopes further and further away from the planet to see more and more of the galaxy and the the newer the satellite the the better the data coming back it's it's really fun to watch space and physics grow with all this new data it's mind-blowing stuff if you think about how time works with it if the universe is expanding 10 percent faster where we're at that would also mean our part of the universe is 10% younger. Right. Right? Time is a variable. Fucking time is a variable. And if we're expanding at a different speed, we're experiencing time at a different speed. 
Yeah, absolutely. What does that say for any alien, like, way out there looking at us like, wow, they're going really slow. (laughs) I mean, if that were to hold true, right, if we're 10% younger, then we are the new kids on the block. Someone would be more likely to discover us than the other way around. Right? I think I've seen that Star Trek episode. (laughs) No, there actually was a a Voyager episode that Time was different on a planet, and uh, they were trying to communicate. They watched the planet evolve rapidly from, you know, pre-industrial to making contact with them in orbit. Right, right. And, like, within the episode. And the astronaut that makes it to their ship goes back home, but it's been, like, 100 years, even though he's there for, like, an hour. Right. It's very much a Star Trek take on a Twilight Zone type vibe. So, if, if this were to hold true... It, they're going to need to fuck with Einstein's theory of gravity and general relativity. Um, if this is true, it's going to reverberate. Changes a lot of things. be really fun to see how that shakes out. Because once new data gets incorporated and the old theories get updated, we get closer to uh, the next big jump in development in technology. Science! Right? Like That's just how it works. That's how science works. Fucking love it. Speaking of science and unified theories, this one is geological, and I, I, I actually am wondering if you if you came across this yourself in your own travels. Um, the headline on fizz.org is "New Unified Theory Shows How Past Landscapes Drove the Evolution of Earth's Rich Diversity of Life." I don't believe I'm familiar. So this uh this this group set up a computer model basically run through uh 540 million of geological sediment and river uh, water and the idea is that uh marine life and river sediment are fucking closely linked right uh where sediment ran off from land structures into the ocean became areas where life created uh, grew with a greater biodiversity. Right. I'm assuming a lot of nutrients coming in that soil. Absolutely. All of that sediment is just nutrients. So they were saying using these models, they were able to uh, explain all of the lags and boosts in plant uh, diversification over the past 400 million years. Like, uh, uh, the, you know, the, the Cambrian explosion they talk about, uh, this would be, this would be like the plant version. And they're, they're saying their model actually lines it up to how rivers and waters have flown and moved nutrients into the ocean. They call them sediment pulses. So the landscape itself has played a crucial and integral role in the evolution of life on this planet. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very much a link to a story worth uh, doing a deep dive in. It just shows that it's it's a living planet. The planet itself, the rock itself. As part of the life, it's just just wild to me, and that's that's just, you know an area of science where I I personally have struggled to wrap my head around is, is uh, ge- geological uh, plate tectonics, 
right? Like geologic times, tough to deal with. Yeah, yeah. And you drive, you drive around outside of cities in in, in nature. We just went and saw the Valley of Fire here in Vegas, and you get up into some of these mountains where you you see like a straight line. Like you just you can look at the rock face, and you're like, wow, look at those changes right there. Exactly. Fuck. Nobody put this rock here. It was done incrementally. And uh, I, I debated putting this one, this piece, in, in Feel Good News. Here in Nevada, a new Google geothermal power plant has started production. Nice. It's begun pumping carbon-free electricity into the Nevada power grid. Three, about three and a half megawatts. That's nothing to sneeze at. Nothing to sneeze at. It's it's not quite powering the Google Data Center, though. <laughs> you can mine for Bitcoin, though. But you can mine for a lot of Bitcoin with that geothermal plant. First of all, it's wild as fuck that a company built a geothermal power plant just to power what they're doing. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'm used to playing games like SimCity, and I'm like, here, I'll build this power plant for this part of the city. Yes, just sounds like the, the, the genesis of uh, a super villain building his lair. <laughs> right? I've got the geothermal power. My own geothermal power plant. <laughs> it's it's kind of neat to, to read how they did it. They went to, of course, Google partnered with, uh, with other companies, Fervo Energy out of Houston. And these guys went around to the oil frackers and found the the drills and the drilling expertise and previously geothermal energy has been really limited to places like iceland where you're near a volcano right where you've got quick access to hot rocks uh you don't have to go super low but what they did was they went eight thousand feet down and then a thousand feet horizontal to create a loop on the hot rocks so they didn't have to go further down to get hotter rock they just increased the amount of time the water would be exposed to the rock to get its heat up so they've created a heating element yeah it's like a ceramic heating element yes and it's a closed loop system Mm -hmm. so they pump the water down it goes horizontal and then back around and up and then when it gets to the top it's been heated and then that water uh, I don't remember the, the name of the second medium, but that water heats uh, another liquid with a, with a much lower boiling point, And that's the liquid that turns the turbine. Nice. Completely closed system. And they're saying that they, they're already working on one in Utah that's going to be up and running in another three years. And they, Google has announced you know, previously, they want to be carbon-free energy every hour of every day by 2030. And this is part of their push to do that. So hats off to them. Yeah, I hope they are successful. Damn. Let's hope it's, let's hope it's safe in terms of, like, because fracking, like, when you fuck with the Earth, like I said, uh, I'm not as good at tectonic plate shifts, but I do uh, understand that it, the process can be fucked with. <laughs> With fracturing those rocks. Let's not accidentally create a super volcano, you know. Right, right, right. (laughs) Especially now that I'm, now that I'm in Nevada. (laughs) Uh, uh, Yeah, so good stuff, good stuff. And, um, you know, 
that. Do we have time? No, we'll talk about it later during the fact check. Let's uh let's talk about some snake oil. What? Oh snake oil on sale for me. Nothing but snake oil. And it ain't free. Alright. So uh a lot of corporate fraud the last two years. I don't know if you've noticed. Yeah. I definitely noticed. I have. Actually, <laughs> earlier this week, Binance founder Changpeng Zhao did a plea deal on charges of money laundering. Earlier this month, if you remember, Sam Bankman Fried was convicted mm-hmm. for what prosecutors called one of the biggest financial frauds in American history. Before that, Theranos executive Elizabeth Holmes and Sonny Balwani began serving their multi year sentences after juries determined a that their uh, aggressive fraud and their blood testing technology. So a group sat down and uh, uh, the paper was published in the Review of Accounting Studies. It's titled, How Pervasive is Corporate Fraud? Do you remember that show Ozarks? Did you watch Ozarks with Jason Bateman and Laura Linney on Netflix? Oh yeah, Ozark was great. Remember the, 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 the cartel guy? Asking Jason Bateman, like, hey, one of my best cashiers, I caught him stealing. He says, it's the first time. I'll never do it again. What do I do? And Jason <laughs> Bateman's like, you fire him. And he's like, why? He's like, because this is just the first time you caught him. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> like, nobody gets caught their first time. It's it's really bad luck if you do, right? Right. On the, on the, on the bell curve, it's the extreme end. So they're, they're actually estimating for every one big piece of corporate fraud, there are two more that we don't catch. Yeah, I would believe it. Now, some detractors from the paper say that they're assuming mistakes that break the rules. They're including those in fraud. And legally speaking, fraud comes with an intent. But I personally think when you live in a capitalistic system, and the survivorship of any company is based on profit, that intent is implied. I would think so, yeah. If the mistake yeah. results in profits and more money, the intent is implied. That's my personal pe- feeling. <laughs> There's nothing legal to that. But that's <laughs> that's just splitting hairs, uh, <laughs> honestly, um, you know, with what the, the, the paper's main point is. is uh, we're, we're seeing uh, just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, and this fraud is, if you measure it in stock market losses, which, you know, the American public, everybody's retirement fund and investments, they're tied up in the in the market in some way. Yeah. Uh, yes. uh, bonds, like a lot of pensions. So measured in stock market losses, it's $830 billion a year. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Corporate fraud. Now, it's 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 going to be it's it's going to be hard to to put a like a dollar amount on that for for sure and and like i said they the the legal definition of fraud is more specific than what these these uh the authors of this this paper said but uh that's that's not that's not nothing if you, even if you just consider one third of eight hundred and thirty billion and just say two two sixty two seventy <laughs> that's a fuck ton of money. That's it's a lot. It's a lot. And and I guess I watch too many fucking TV shows. But like the uh, the point he makes in the movie Fight Club with the product recalls, if the cost 
of a recall is greater than the cost of settling the wrongful death lawsuits, a company's not going to recall the product. Right. What, what's their benefit, right? And in, in a society that the, we put forward that, you know, profit over everything, that's the success is solely profit. Absolutely. You're going to pick profit every time. Especially when there, there aren't exactly big uh, negatives for the company. Some executives might go to jail. But the the company it it's it's a slap on the wrist if even if an executive goes to jail. So on 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 top of that, the auditing industry, right? Like it's not just bad corporate actors, according to this paper, but the industry uh, paid to audit them. It, the paper argues that since the Enron ordeal, uh, auditors as a whole uh, have shifted towards. Our responsibility is just to make sure the numbers add up. We're not looking for anybody doing anything wrong. Ridiculous. Kind of backed up by what we're hearing from account the accountants in the New York fraud trial of the, the Trump organization, right? Like those mm-hmm. accountants are coming in, in court. They're like, hey, our job is not to, to question where they got their numbers. It's just to make sure these numbers add up. According to the paper, um, some 40% of audits last year contained errors. That's uh, that's according to a government watchdog report this summer. Wow. It declared the state of the industry completely unacceptable. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Unacceptable for sure. Yeah. So so without any, any actual auditors flagging real problems, what are they going to do? The, the paper, the author of the paper said the biggest change that needs to be made is requiring auditors to flag these problems because they're the ones looking at the books. They're the ones who can see, oh, wait a minute, these numbers add up, but this points to something fishy. Right, something's going on here. Let's look uh, into it. Yeah, until then, we're going we're gonna to have really low rates of fraud detection. Go figure. Uh, because it pays off. They don't want to find it. <laughs> Very few people end up in jail. And uh, it usually, just, just, it's just a little bit of money for the company, and they move on. Fun times. What a fun segment. Who came up with that? <laughs> Greed is good. Greed is good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's move on. Let's do some fact checking. Here we go. What do you know? It's fact checking time. Will you believe or be deceived? It's fact checking time. Cross my heart and hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. All right, Ron, all the kids call it fact-checking time. That's what I hear. All the kids I hang out with. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) All the kids I hang out with. This next one is related to a news story that uh, we'll talk about afterwards. Uh, The the claim on an internet meme floating around is that drinking red wine carries health benefits, such as increasing heart health, improving sleep, burning fat, and fighting sickness. Hmm. Well, that 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 was the the thought for a while, but uh, I mean, I, I I thought that more recent studies showed that any alcohol is bad. So I'm gonna say false. It's a mix. Oh, okay. Oh, it's uh, it's partially accurate, but it omits, like you said, the the health disadvantages. So you may there may be advantages, but there are also the disadvantages. That was a common thought for many um, years. That yeah, red wine has does have some cardiovascular benefits. 
right? But then more, yeah, more recent studies were like, yeah, but but these these drawbacks are pretty big. They they are. In in fact, uh, my my doctor, well, I should say the nurse practitioner, not the fucking idiot doctor I went to. I've got him a cranky old man. Uh, was like, yeah, no. The current medical science is, is like no alcohol is good. It's all it's all gonna fuck you up in one way or another. I'm like, yeah, but life ain't worth living. Uh, <laughs> so it's a, yeah, it's a very alcohol focused show today. The the this new story I came across was uh, scientists can finally explain the red wine headache. Oh, people that get people that get real bad headaches from drinking red wine. Yeah, that's a thing. There's a compound in grape skins called uh, quercetin that actually disrupts the alcohol metabolism. So quercetin, it's it's an antioxidant. It's found in fruits, fruits and vegetables. Um, it's you know, uh, some people take it as a supplement for health benefits. They in in a lab they discovered it inhibits the enzyme aldehyde dehydrogenase (ALDH). That's the key for metabolizing alcohol. So, ah. like, it, it blocks that, you know, okay, so, uh, let me back up. Alcohol in the body first gets intercepted by the ADH, the alcohol dehydrogenase, which breaks it down into a toxic compound called acetyl, acetaldehyde. Uh, then the ALDH diffuses that toxin, right? So by blocking the ALDH, when the alcohol gets turned into the toxin, it doesn't have the thing that breaks that toxin down and then you're filled with the acetaldehyde and that uh gives you the flushing headaches and all wow the more uh, you know yeah the more you know yeah red and red wine is what has the most in fact um it, they they found that in grapes it's the sunlight the amount of sunlight they get so like the napa valley cabernets that get mm. a ton of sun have like the highest amount. Wow. Uh, nice. Just uh, <laughs> FYI, if you are a wine drinker or someone you love, um, them's the ones. Stay away from those Napa Valley Cabernets. <laughs> okay. And uh, apparently, George Santos is claiming he's the first con- member of Congress that's been compelled, that's been expelled without a conviction uh, or having committed treason. Is he correct in saying that? I'm going to say he is false. No, Ron, he's actually correct in saying that. Whoa! George Santos told the truth! Wow, it's the first time. That's just the default. The default was he's not telling the truth. So, wow. He's correct for now. Okay. But Mr. Menendez is on deck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and so if he gets convicted for the things he was expelled for, I yes. think it will, it, it will back uh, fill and and change the the veracity of that claim, but he just hasn't been convicted yet. But the evidence yes. was so damning that which is actually <laughs> it's really a dig on himself, right? Like I'm such a piece of shit that I didn't even need to get convicted. And they were like, "All right, get this guy out of here. Fuck this clown. You suck that bad." Yeah. Well, hopefully both him and uh, Bob Menendez get uh, get the comeuppance they need legally. Yeah, yeah. Now for this last one, I'm going to need you to choose. Uh, this is this is this is going to be crazy. Oh no! And we'll, we'll we'll talk about it afterwards. But I need you to choose factcheck.org or politifact.com. Okay, let's do factcheck. Factcheck.org. Okay. All right. So the factcheck was the recent debate between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. 
and they were arguing about uh, people moving from Florida to California. And Gavin Newsom said, asked by Hannity to explain why California residents are moving to Florida, Newsom said, you mean the last two years, more Floridians going to California than Californians going to Florida? Newsom added, that's going to be fun to fact check. Was Newsom correct in saying the last two years, more Floridians going to California than Californians going to Florida? I'm going to say that Newsom was incorrect in that, actually. And you chose factcheck.org. That's correct, Ron. Yes, there we go. According to factcheck.org, they point to the Census Bureau migration data. 50,701 Florida residents have been living in California the year prior. 28,557 Californians have been living in Florida. A net gain for Florida, net loss for California of 22,144 residents. Mm. Now... According to other sources? I, I actually did a, looked up these census numbers myself. And based on the data, this is correct. This factcheck.org data. Okay. Now, and this makes me really sad. Because politifact.com has, a, a, cause, uh, has it that the, the other way, where they talked to two different uh, statisticians, had them look at that data, and they referenced... Uh, the fact-checking they did back in June 12th when Newsom said per capita more Floridians moved to California than Californians moving to Florida, which is true per capita, right? So these guys are both pushing a different fact. Are we talking about the total number of people? Are we talking about the total number of people per 1,000 who live in the state? Right. What's your agenda? Right? Mm-hmm. What's your fucking agenda? So Newsom says... Per capita, DeSantis says total of people, and then they both get to be right. Mm. Fucking hell! And and because per per capita, um, I'm not. I closed the the damn the damn site. <laughs> it, it's it's like 1.09 for California and 0.98 for Florida. Uh, statisticians would would call it insignificant, but yeah, per per 1,000 people moving living in Florida, more of them moved to California than per 1,000 people living in California moved to Florida. But there's so many people in California, the amount of people right. moving from California to Florida is bigger than the amount of people moving from Florida to California. So what does it mean? Fuck all. It means <laughs> nothing. nothing. God damn it. Anyway. Like good, life. It but means like, just like life. It is cold and meaningless and you will die as alone as you are born. Sad but true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about some news. something that feels good. Okay, hey, now something good. A guy named Charlie Jeffers, a teenager. Been a big fan of Legos. I know I was as a child uh, playing with them. I'm still a fan, man. Right? It's it. Apparently, it's good for math and engineering concepts. I had no idea. Uh, playing with Legos, it's good for your brain. And he, uh, senior as a high school senior in uh, Redwood High School, Marin County, California, he was like, "Hey, I got I got a fucking idea here," and he launched this thing called Pass the Bricks. Uh, in 2020, and uh, they've just hit milestone of distributing 3 
thousand Lego sets. What they do is they collect people's old Legos, they sanitize them, and they rebox them into a set like you'd get at a store, along with the picture of like how to build the thing, like the kid makes his own. And on top of that, uh, he set it up so he makes it easy, like if you want to start one your own, yourself. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, you can do it out, out of your own house. And and uh, they've already partnered with uh, the Boys and Girls Club of America because they can get larger deliveries to kids in need, right? Um, and now he's up to giving 50 sets per month to the Boys and Girls Club in, in San Francisco near where he lives. That's amazing. It's really amazing, right? Right? And he's like doing this. What, what I thought was really cool about it is like he's doing his own Lego kits. Like he makes them himself. Uh, uh, one is Superman would love just one day to sleep in. And it's like a little little Clark Kent apartment with a Superman suit hanging in a closet and a grumpy guy in the bed. <laughs> Humanizing Superman. There you go. Uh, right? Right? Just like us. <laughs> One is an Antarctic bathroom, which is like a penguin with an outhouse. <laughs> it's 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 clever shit, right? Well done, well done. Definitely, definitely made me happy. Uh, anytime we can recycle stuff into like toys and stuff that kids enjoy, yeah, big win, big big win. All right, huh? What a fun time. Sadly, though. It does bring us to the close of the show. Ron, no. thanks for coming by the lounge today and hanging out with me. It's been thanks fun. Thanks to all you folks at home. Uh, special big shout out to Acme Corporation. Uh, now extending credit to animals, even that rascally, wily desert coyote. Uh, lucky him. <laughs> of course, uh, shout out to Science, Congeniality, and the Social Contract, making society better than anarchy for many of the last thousands of years. And on top of that, just go out and have a wonderful day. If you've had a good time, you know what to do. Like, share, spread the word, let people know uh, where they can find us. Of course, we'll have the episode link. We'll have the links in the episode description to all the fun stuff, including our Discord, wherever you want to be. Uh, And uh, we'll be back at you soon. Until then, take care. Be well. Now things are ending. It's time to go. No more to get through. Thanks for listening. That's our show. Ain't affectation. Oh, we're just leaving you half cocked. Half cocked. Half cocked. We had a good time talking today. But even best times eventually they fade away. Ain't adjuration. Oh, we're just leaving half cocked.